Welcome to the fourth Amazing Race 29 recap episode of URT Number, the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstrong, and joining me as always is the Canadian who we're stuck with, Logan Saunders. Good morning. And the lady who has never been skydiving and is waiting for Amazing Race to pay for it, Jill Fistetterman. <laughs> Correct. Hi. The alternative one was, and the the lady who, if she needed a ladle for dinner, her family would starve and she wouldn't care, and she offers to anyone. <laughs> I thought that was a bit uh, yes. too mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're also the person who didn't know there was a double episode this week. See, people said there was a double, and then all of a sudden Survivor had a double, and I didn't know Survivor had a double. I thought Amazing Race did. So I watched Survivor's double, and then when I went to watch it, it only had one episode there, so I thought maybe there is only one episode and the, the fan pages were only saying one team went out, so I'm thinking, okay, there is only one episode, so yes. Two hours ago I found out that there was a second episode. And also, belated congratulations, Michelle, because the podcast be- that you last appeared on was your 50th. <gasps> what? Wow! And I didn't even I notice. I bought some wine or champagne or something to this one. You should have. This is podcast number 51 for you. Bugger. And next week is my 170th. You're getting on there, Michael. So I, I think we we all enjoyed both of the episodes. There's certainly a lot to talk yes. about with, with the second one. Definitely. It's kind of funny because you can clearly tell that this was originally meant to be two separate episodes, since even dating back to season two, whenever they had two episodes there on the same night, it, it would be all like grouped together. But you can tell that this was not the plan for this season because we got we got two separate previously on segments and two separate next time on Amazing Race segments. So clearly this was a last minute decision heading into when the season started airing. And also it's weird that they end on a keep on racing leg. Like if you have one of the two episodes where it is a keep on racing leg, you put that one as the first one, sure. Yeah, but all of the decisions that the network has made regarding the airing of the season has been on the fly and has not made sense since day one. I think it's also the reason why so many people on the online page thought that there was just the one episode, because I saw a lot of people who wrote, oh, nobody went home this week, and there was even a few posts that said, where did Shamir and Sarah go? So nobody knew that it started at 9 o'clock as opposed to 10 o'clock in uh, America and Canada. And then, of course, that would trigger people like Michelle, who don't even live in North America and just look at the page and think, oh, I guess only one episode aired because that's what everyone assumed online. Yeah, because when there is a double episode coming up, the next time preview the week before is usually next week on a special two-hour Amazing Race, whereas last week we didn't have that at all. Mm. No, it's just for the next episode. Which is half of the issue, I think. Yeah, that's what makes me less and less confident that CBS wants to keep going with the Amazing Race if two episodes are being thrown out there one night and there wasn't any effort put in to make it go smoothly. No, I think some of the the adverts and stuff said at a special time of 9, 8 central. But other than that, there was no promo about this at all. So, previously, nine teams raced from Brazil to Zanzibar. Tara and Joey and Ben Ashton chose to use the blindable U-turn, delaying Seth and Olive and Matt and Redmond, respectively, much to Redmond's disgust. At the detour, Matt and Redmond steamed through while Shamir and Sarah broke down. Uh, Michael wrote the roadblock as he and Liz won their second leg in a row. Becker and Floyd lost their passports, but checked in ahead of Seth and Olive to eliminate them from the race. And first thing that I have to take umbrage with, Phil, 
Stop talking about big moves right now. This is not Survivor. Not that Survivor should be talking about big moves anyway. But this is not the place to talk about big moves. I know you wanted the Survivor job, but you didn't get it. Get over it, Phil. Oh. Shade. <laughs> Sass. <laughs> I think he got the better job in the end, though. Yeah, I think he did as well. Of course. And also, one thing I did forget to mention on last week's podcast, do you guys know when the last blindable U-turn was? Internationally or just the American version? No, in the American version. Uh, season 23? Surprisingly, it's more recent than that. Uh, it's actually 26, his first leg. Oh, right! I forgot that they went all out. Yep. The first Japan leg of 26 Ooh. did feature a blindable U-turn. And... We also get a really awkward Matt Redmond and Van Ashton conversation. I hope this is over now. It is. I don't know <laughs> if I believe you guys on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and Teams must now find Freddie Mercury's house in Stonetown, where they'll find their next clue. And sneakily, they did actually tell us they have $400 for this leg of the race. And it's Liz and Michael leaving at 8.17am. Tara and Joey, Sarah and Joey, at 8.27 Van Ashton at 8.59, Matt and Redmond at 9.08, London and Logan at 9.18, Brooke and Scott at 9.19, Shamir and Sarah at 9.40, and Becker and Floyd at 9.44. My favourite part about the whole exchange between Van Ashton and, and Matt and Redmond is, is just the expression on Vank's face when they first start interacting, because Vank's neutral expression on his face just looks like he wants to stab somebody every single time. <laughs> it's, it's just, it never ceases to crack me up. Vank <laughs> and Ashton are a very subtle comedy team because I was saying to Michelle before you joined us that when Ashton is interacting with the trolls in the second leg of the night she just goes, oh you're so pretty it's just like, no Ashton, you're not they are not <laughs> supposed to be pretty you look like you're straight out of Labyrinth with David Bowie and uh, the only intrigue about the Mercury House clue is that Liz and Michael get led in the wrong direction and start kicking dirt did I miss yeah, something kick- there? I don't understand. They were, seemed to be picking up rubble. Well, the clue had another one bites the dust in it, which obviously is a clue to oh. the very famous Queen song. Yes. You know what would have been great is if the clue said another one bites the dust, but it had nothing <laughs> to do with Freddie Mercury or Queen, so, uh, so that kicking it around the dust would have been the logical thing to do to find the clue, while everyone else knew that... Freddie Mercury live or used to live in Sansbar, and that's a, there's a house there, so everyone would have, like me would have just been gravely disappointed. It's not a survivor idol clue. <laughs> Instead of Ty wetting the boards, he has to kick up rubble until he finds an idol at the bottom of it. I think it's very appropriate that for an episode that aired on April twentieth, that they went to a place called Stone Town. All they needed was to throw the R in there for Stoner Town, and it would have been perfect. Matt would have loved that. Yes, he would have. What's the significance with April 20th? 420 is the International Day of Marijuana. Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) It's a big deal in British Columbia here in Canada. Right. Why doesn't that shock me? (laughs) It actually, it ended up being rained out, unfortunately. So the, the rain out happened for the burnouts. And once teams get to Mercury House, it is a detour, which is lock or knock. And in lock, teams must sort through hundreds of chests to find a key in a hidden compartment, which they can use to unlock their next clue. And in knock, teams must search Stonetown for three royal doors, collect a carving from each building's owner, and take them to a shop to get their next clue. 
the funny thing with Liz and Michael is when they first when they ran to that guy who who put them in the wrong direction. That local was hilarious. Just the way he spoke so eloquently uh, to demonstrate that no, this is this is not Farouk's house. Go over to the rebel over there. And it, the way he spoke so eloquently and just so direct to the team just reminded me so much of, of uh, Brother Muzan from The Wire. The, the, or he was nicknamed Bowtie, I think, in The Wire as well, for those that didn't know his exact name in the show. And um, Tara and Joey do get one carving, but then they switch to lock because they can't be bothered finding the rest of the doors. Carving. Carving. <laughs> I have noticed that Phil keeps... Um, Keeps saying Tara's name more like Joey every time. The Boston accent is contagious. Tara. St- studies have been shown. By the end of the uh, the season, he'll just be going, Tara and Joey. Tara, Joey at the spa. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love making Logan do this impression because it slowly morphs into Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> we found this last week that the more Logan does the bastard accent, the more it becomes Schwarzenegger and it gets funnier and funnier. Sometimes Joey was talking and he sounded like he had a bit of an Aussie or New Zealander in there. And I don't know whether it's something to do with the Bostonness. Um, but I was like, oh, that word was really Aussie how he said that. Strange. Joey is a huge fan of your impression of him, by the way, Logan. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We we may have had this discussion this week about how terrible your accent is. <laughs> the funny thing with the detour is that the royal doors, Phil said that the uh, the three doors uh, have a, a carving of a lion, serpent, and a falcon on it. All we needed was a badger, and we would have had the, the four houses of Hogwarts represented on the door, royal doors of Zanzibar. Maybe if J.K. Rowling got there uh, earlier. Yes, there's the, also the J.K. Rowling house in, uh, in Zanzibar. Did you just say Rowling? Rowling. No, no. It's Rowling? Yes. I just went off of it based off of how it was spelled. Rowling, howling. Yeah, row. Like, when you row a boat, R-O-W, do you say you're <laughs> rowing? Well, how? There's howl. It rhymes with it. No one says they're, okay, they're yes. ho-hoing okay, at the moon. But when, when you row a boat, do you say you're rowing or rowing? I think my logic for how I pronounced the word was <laughs> equally was equally sound. <laughs> I need another word. <laughs> Bowling, I guess. Then you bowling, like the English language, bowling, doesn't have yes, any consistency bowling. to it. There's bowling, I guess. No, there isn't. Yeah, b o w l i n g bowling. That would be the yeah. that would rhyme with rolling. Yes. <laughs> so it's fifty. It's fifty fifty. Do we have another example that we can compare rolling to? I can't stay on. I can't stay on track, even if I need to. I said to Michael, we have to not go rambling onto other things. And I can't do it. And I'm just sitting here giggling. <laughs> I can't do it. Because I know exactly what Michelle is like. And that Michelle, whether you realise it or not, you are the worst influence out of all of us. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, God, You really, really are. <laughs> I'm sorry, Logan. Keep going, Michael. 
<laughs> no, I want to stay on this topic for another hour. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do have to work, and I do. We, we only have an hour and forty minutes before I have to oh. leave. So, as much as I would love to talk about words that rhyme with howling, uh, or J.K. Rowling, we do. We do have to. We do have to move on. God. That's got to be the episode title. As much as I would love to keep talking about words that rhyme with howling. <laughs> So which detour would you guys have picked? Um, I think the boxes. Really? You would have gone for a needle in a haystack challenge? Unless I could find someone who was speaking very good English and could tell me where the doors were. I wouldn't run up and down trying to find the doors. What would you have done? I'm not sure because I think if you had a map of the the area, then they're, they're going to be big enough tourist attractions that you're going to find someone who'll know. And I'm not sure that I would have the patience to do a needle in a haystack challenge. Mm. I, I, I mean, would. You... I would have. I probably would have chosen the doors. Yeah, especially as the the boxes. You weren't necessarily aware of the trick to it. Mm. That would kind of put me off it. Which girl was it who um, said hi? Welcome to hell. <laughs> that was Brooke. When they were. Oh my god! I would <laughs> That's have said always something Brooke. like that. <laughs> it was your spirit animal, Brooke. I would have said that, hi, welcome to hell, because it looked like hell. See, I told you you're identical to her. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, why is Logan laughing so much? (laughs) Because Logan knows exactly what I know, that you you and Brooke are so alike. No, I would not whinge that much. Let's continue and I'll tell you how I wouldn't be acting like Brooke. Except for that. I would have said that. <laughs> Very interestingly, did you notice that Scott's quiche hat has moved? Yes. It's uh, Floyd that wears it now. I thought perhaps they were both fans. And they both have to be wearing the exact same hat on The Amazing Race. Yeah, it's Floyd in this episode and Becker in the next one. Which shows just how tight those two teams are. Which is good, because I like both of them. Yeah, and this you could tell they would have to be tight even before... Brooke had her uh, meltdown uh, at the roadblock. And uh, I noticed it was kind of funny with her and Joey's taxi drive to the detour. Just how Joey Joey was so certain that the driver was just being a yes man in the vehicle. Where, where he's like, watch this, watch this. Is in front of a stone town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is behind a stone town? Yeah. See? He doesn't know where we're going. And um, Mike is the first person to spot the secret compartments. And then we get Van and Ashton arguing over royal doors. Not the first Van and Ashton uh, argument of the episode. Oh, so much fighting this time. I love his reaction to finding out that it was the Freddie Mercury house. Uh, and it is Liz and Michael who leave Lock in first. And teams must now take the ferry back to Dar es Salaam and find the Dasico Umasida dispensary office to get their next clue. And this was going to be a mass equalizer for all of the teams to catch up. Ish, in theory. It was supposed to be. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And Tara and Joey then switch back to Nock, committing Michelle's cardinal sin of continually switching details. Oh, my Lord, I did write many exclamation marks. And uh, then Bank and Ashton get led to a market, but one of the guys tells them exactly where the doors are. I love how, like Vank said, Vank was saying, oh, we just go to reception, it'll only take three seconds, I promise you, and we'll know exactly where we're going. 
oh, <laughs> the Google images aren't very clear, and I am pretty sure he took more than three seconds to look it up. I love Van Gerasten so much because they are such polar opposites that it's hilarious to see them actually try and navigate each other. So annoying. Sometimes one of them is right, and you plainly see they're right, and then sometimes the other one is right. And not one of them is right all the time, so it drives you crazy. And you can see that she's hating every second of being his partner. She will gladly admit when she is wrong, though, said every person who would never admit when they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then Brooke works out the draw trick. So gold sticky star for you, Brooke. Everything's going to keep going upwards for you here. And then Matt and Redmond lead Locke in second with Brooke and Scott in third. And then one person who does admit he's wrong is Joey. Yeah. I just love how he's like, this is so stupid. All this is so stupid. I can't believe we're, we're switching again. This is so stupid. Oh, Tara was right with their sense of direction the whole time. And uh, Scott gives their spare key that they found to Becker and Floyd. Alliance. Wow. Would you have done that? No. Even if I'm in a race with you two, probably wouldn't have done that. And you definitely wouldn't have done it if you were in a race with your family. Definitely not, obviously. <laughs> Just lean into the narrative of you hating your family, Michelle. Oh, yeah. Let it wash yes. over you. Would you have given a key to somebody else? Uh, depends who. To Becker and Floyd, yes. To Brooke and Scott, yes. Uh, I would say, though... Um... If I had to give a key or a couple keys to somebody, especially on episodes that aired on 420, uh, Matt and Redman or Becca and Floyd would probably be my top nominees. <laughs> and then Becca and Floyd do leave Locke in fourth. But interestingly, Shamir and Sarah have separate confessionals. So even if you didn't know they were getting eliminated, it becomes quite obvious. Shamir's opening confessional for this episode is unintentionally funny because he said... Oh, I really had a rough couple of legs, and then I bet if you continued on with the confessional, he'd probably admit that he's had a rough couple of balls ever since that roadblock, and that he hasn't quite healed from it. And uh, Van Can Ashton leave Nock in fifth, with Tara and Joey in sixth, and Brooke admits that she's wrong to have had a go at Scott for giving away the key. But I wonder what they would have done with the key had they not given it away, because they couldn't exactly hide it in another box. Yeah, that would be sabotaging the detour. That would be a Mark and Michael uh, type of penalty. Couldn't they just put it back in the original box? They could, but then everyone's just going to rush over to that box and try and grab it. Oh, can you imagine that scramble? Like Logan Bauer using his muscles to push away Floyd, and then like Floyd falls backwards onto the floor, and then he elbows uh, Becca by accident. And then Becca goes all raging hell demon on him, mm-hmm. threatens to break his nose. Yeah, she goes in. This time she'll actually strike. Can you imagine if she had broken his nose, given that they would have had to do the uh, the fast forward the next leg? Floyd would have been exempt on medical grounds. Yes, he would have. Because the air pressure would have screwed his nose up. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this task because the person wearing the fun meter broke my nose. <laughs> <laughs> she whacked me around the head with the fun meter. <laughs> and then London gets frazzled and they switch to knock. Yeah, we see a Carrie Bradshaw meltdown from her for a few in the few seconds of airtime that they get, which is more than we've ever seen of Logan. But he didn't even say anything. It was all London. Like even in the following episode, the one or two confessionals we get from them both come from both come from London. Logan doesn't say a word. Yeah, Logan says about five words in the taxi, and I catch about two of them because of his very deep 
low so the girl. Yeah, I tried to catch what he said too, but I didn't feel like turning the volume up on my TV to maximum volume. And then Shamir and Sarah miss the ferry, and then they switch to Locke. And there is something poetically wonderful about Logan gloating that Sarah is screwed. <laughs> oh, man. Boom. You went there. I didn't even have that as a note. I chuckled to myself when I saw that Logan's one confessional is gloating that his future girlfriend is screwed. In the words of Brooke, you did not, Michael. You did not go there. You can imagine that they were uh, probably watching that together and she just gave him massive side eye. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to know what side eye is code for. Side eye. Just side eye. He had to sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get an unnecessary was... flashback to what well, who was it for oh it's an unnecessary flashback for Shamir and Sarah to the second leg when Sarah was talking about taking charge it, oh, yeah. as if the audience is going to forget about <laughs> Shamir and Sarah's antics in the second episode um, oh Sarah she was just or oh, is it Sarah I don't know what I'm supposed to call half these Americans Sarah was trying to listen to the locals and and um, Shamir just wasn't letting her talk. It was driving me crazy. I would love to see you have to interact with Shamir actually, Michelle. I'd imagine you'd go oh. and like a house on fire. Oh, either that, or you would leave his body in a house on fire. Oh, he would. It wouldn't have been recordable. Jeez. <laughs> I think we need to make this happen. No, I'm not on a race with him. I can't just talk to him. I think we need to get Shamir on another Stranger season and get Michelle cast for it. <laughs> Kidding me? Jesus. We're going the wrong way. We're going the wrong way. We're, ne- we're, we're, we're never going to find it. We're never going to find it. I mean, I mean, it's easy to find another place. We just do this and then this and this and this. And then we go down this road and we take a right and left. It's really easy. Why are we switching? Why are we switching, Sarah? Come on. Why are we doing this? Shut up, you bloody pobo. <laughs> oh, You're a bogan. We've talked to 30 locals. 30. 30. Not 29. Not 31. We've talked to 30 locals. But it's fine. It's fine. We can just stand here. Your Shamir impression is getting vastly close to Monty already. <laughs> Come on, guys. We've talked to 30 locals. <laughs> uh, so, Shamir and Sarah leave in last. And then when people get to the mainland, it's a roadblock. And we don't get the hint, which is annoying. But in this robot, one team member must cut and pound an aluminium sheet to make a ladle to get their next clue. And it's Becca, Vank, Joey, Michael, Brooke, Redmond, Logan, and Shamir doing this robot. And once they complete the roadblock, Secretary Mohammed gives them their next clue. Is Major Race 29 just trying to outdo Deputy Minister Patana? They're trying, but they did not succeed uh, this episode. Secretary Mohammed needed needed more flair to him. Yeah, no, no, no one will outdo the wondrousness that is Deputy Minister Patana. Or as he's more commonly known, the Tara Bajra cosplay. <laughs> Never seen him in the same place. <laughs> That's true. And Mike says that he did this role a lot because he loves creating stuff with his hands. wonder if he's ever do- uh, done ghosting before. You know, like from the movie Ghost? And weirdly, I thought creating stuff with the hands was the moral of the detail that Kurt and Brody did last season. Oh, oh, oh no. Ice cream joke. <sighs> and we hear that Joey does not have the sharpest tools. Oh, 
Tara and Joey need to stick around just because Joey's accent makes everything better. Scott, I think, had the best line of the entire episode. There's a few good ones. When Brooke came up, she said, I can't do it, I can't do it. And, you know, she'd already done half of it, so she could do it. She's just whinging that she can't do it. It's really hard. Of course it's really hard. Um, And then Scott says, use the relationships. (laughs) I know. It's such a Bob Harper type of uh, pep talk to get. (laughs) And then Brooke starts worrying about her quote-unquote jackass partner who just tried to encourage her to get through the roadblock. Brooke and Scott are by far my favourite team, just because... Brooke realises about five minutes after she's been a hot mess that she's a hot mess and she apologises for <laughs> it. But in the moment, she just gets so stressed that she needs someone like Scott who'll just sit her aside and go, shut up, calm down, you can do it. Don't tell her to calm down, Michael. She doesn't like being told to calm down. Meanwhile, Redman goes up to her and tells her repeatedly to calm down, knowing she hates hearing that. That's why I kept saying it. That's one of my favourite lines of the episode, is the fact that Redman knows that she hates being told to calm down, and he does it anyway for his own personal amusement. You would think that in the Trolls or Troll detour that we would have seen Redman on both sides of the detour after after an incident like that. It's just so great. I lo- Redmond is one of my favourites as well. Did you notice the editing joke that they did with Vank during the roadblock? Which one? They had the exact same two or three locals. They repeatedly showed them laughing at Vank when his face is uh, his face does this weird uh, vibrating thing when he's hammering in the ladle. Yes, yes. And the local, and they just kept cutting to the. It's not even different shots of local la- locals laughing. It was the exact same shot, just reused multiple times. Just to be like, oh no, there's this nerdy guy trying to make a ladle, ha 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 ha. I get the impression that the editors don't want us to like Van and Ashton after these episodes. Uh, I don't know about that so far. There was a, a pretty big sort of turn in their edit. In terms of, we were supposed to support them against Matt and Redmond when they U-turned them last week. I don't think we're supposed to support them that much anymore. It wasn't over-the-top negative, though. Oh no, it wasn't Shamir levels, but I'm getting the impression that they are not supposed to be one of our favourites anymore. Did you notice the crit- the very fitting criticism that the judge had for Joey's ladle when he brought it by the first time? That it had sharp edges. That it was r- no, that it was rough. rough around the edges. Joey, apparently, Joey's ladle of everybody's ladles is rough around the edges. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> How appropriate. And. Um, Brooke isn't strong enough to cut the metal, so she gets frazzled and needs a pep talk off Scott. And then Becca helps her in return for the key being given. I've never seen anybody so excited over pasta in my life, other than like the Italian family I stayed with when I was in Italy, other than Becca. Pasta? That's your favourite? Yeah. I'm surprised that she didn't stop to just dig in right there. just Or even just use her express pass on the roadblock just so she could start eating the pasta right away. We'll get to the express bus. I think it was nice that she helped Brooke and then Redmond helped Brooke. Like, yeah, Brooke's having a hard time and it's it's nice that they could just help a little bit. Do you think that Becca would have helped Brooke had she not got the key? I think she could have. I I think she was really excited about doing the damn challenge and liked to pound the the medal and everything and so I think she wanted to do it again. I'm going to resist the pounding metal joke. It's just metal. It's got nothing to do with anything else, Michael. 
Oh, for God's sake. So they, <laughs> moving on, um, because Michael can't, Michael can't get his uh, mind out of the gutter. Uh, yeah. Becca or Joe Joey completes the task in first. And they are told to go to Cocoa Beach. And my question is, where is Ice T? <laughs> Good question. He does love Cocoa Beach. He loves Cocoa Beach a lot. Yeah. So teams have to find Cocoa Beach. The pit stops this leg of the race. The last team to check in may be eliminated. And yeah, Becca and Floyd leave in second. Brooke says that if she needed a ladle for dinner, her family would starve. I just picture. Like her family just sitting outside of the house on the side of the street, just rocking back and forth in the cold of wherever Brooke lives as she's trying to furiously try to figure out this ladle. And everyone slowly withers away, and then days pass by, and then they start like crawling along the sidewalk. Then weeks pass by, and all 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 that's left on the street is just the skeleton. As and then you see Brooke's skeleton, and it's just somebody sitting in an upright position with a hammer in their head and the, uh, you know, like a half-broken-in ladle uh, on the other side of it. That, that's that's what I picture. They're just sitting there with a boiling pot of pasta trying to scoop out with their hands and going, Ow, it hurts! We need a ladle! It burns! <laughs> <laughs> if only we had a utensil to properly eat this civilized meal! <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Liz and Michael leave in third, and then Michael also helps Brooke. Then London and Logan leave in fourth, Matt and Redmond in fifth, and Van Ashton in sixth. Brooke gets rejected, Scott gets supportive, and then Brooke and Scott leave in seventh. It looks like a one-year-old made it. And then Shamira and Sarah. And we get one final editing joke for them, which was actually in the trailer of, um, of Sarah saying, I just really hope he doesn't cut himself. Flash cut. Ow! <laughs> You knew he was going to cut himself. Just knew it. And Tara and Joey, Tara and Joey, uh, checking in first and then win $5,000 each. But Joey does say that the greeter looks sharp. Yes. And then second is Becca and Floyd. Third is Liz and Michael. Fourth is Matt and Redmond. Fifth is London and Logan. Sixth is Vank and Ashton. You missed out on the really smelly hug between uh, London and Logan and Matt, uh, Matt and Redmond. It was the smelliest hug on the planet. And, uh, yeah, M- Michael's pep talk for uh, Brooke kind of amused me, too, with just using his uh, using his voice to encourage her. You can do this. You can make this ladle. <laughs> it's no problem. Just believe in yourself. Focus, believe, achieve. <laughs> trust, your, trust, your, trust yourself. Back yourself. Are we ever actually going to see another Amazing Race Australia blog, by the way? Yes, I've been working um, on it. Have you? What are you up to? Uh, about halfway through the fifth episode. Yeah, we watched episode five when uh, when we were in London. God, you should have sped him through like the rest of the season. Yeah, but he got to see the best episode of the season, which is a "Listen to Me" episode, <laughs> the Chris and Anastasia fight. Yeah, I think it was a really good thing that Sarah and Shamir did not see anybody at the roadblock because Sarah did threaten that she would quote poop herself if she sees anybody. So I'm glad that she didn't defecate on uh, national television. That would have been a fitting way for them to go out there, shitting themselves in glory. <laughs> or, and, uh, or when Brooke was bringing in her ladle and how she... I think she prayed to every single god and every single religion out there before the judge approved of it. I missed that. Well, she was sort of begging, begging, um, as she turned away from the judge. 
in the time that she got it uh, approved. Yeah, she was praying to everybody, and I guess uh, one one of the gods listened and uh, gave her the next clue. Uh, and when Vankin Ashton checking in six, we get the really awkward confessional where she says that she stuck with him, and then the camera just pans over to his face. He just silently nods, <laughs> as if he's in agreement. <laughs> I'm stuck with her. <laughs> it just made me giggle. And then seventh is Brooke and Scott, and Phil has to come out and eliminate Shamir and Sarah. If only this was the non-elimination round, and Shamir and Sarah would have much... You know, Do you know how angry everybody would have been if Shamir and Sarah were not eliminated? That's what I was hoping for. That's what I wrote in my blog last week. I just... Want to see Shamir and Sarah get saved and then somehow survive the following round. Just so we but can nope. see more pain. Yes. All pain, <laughs> no game. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly, Shamir gets a handshake and Sarah gets a hug off Phil. You, would you say that by Phil only giving Shamir a handshake and Sarah a hug that Shamir got shafted? <laughs> You're going to miss making Shamir jokes, aren't you? By the sound of things, Michelle isn't going to miss you making some of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so next time, teams go to Norway, and there's pallets, Liz and Michael get lost, and Becca and Floyd go one way, which is down. And that next time is right now! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is the most unnecessary next time segment they have ever done. What they always do is say, hey... The next leg of the race starts in just a few minutes. That's what Phil has said for the past 15 or 16 years. Here it's like, next time, I'm thinking, if you're one of the viewers and you're not on the message boards and stuff, you would just assume that that's it for the night. Why would they preview something that's going to air 10 seconds from now? Jesus. So previously, about two minutes beforehand, eight teams continued racing in Zanzibar. The detour tested patient with an observation where Shamir and Sarah's fighting cost them. Back on the mainland, Brooke broke down at the roadblock, but got through it with the help of those around her. Tara and Joey won the leg, and Shamir and Sarah were eliminated on the race course. Like a streetcar named Desire, Brooke relied on the kindness of strangers. And this is where we get our first, are you sure, confessional of the episode, where Liz and Michael say they're getting on great, because he's a smelly teddy bear and she's his race wife. Hashtag smelly teddy bear i know what is that and why was this on before we saw the team start racing that was the most bizarre spot to put that they have been doing a few sort of confessionals before the team start departing and it's not it's usually not from the team who departs first at the star leg they have been just picking random teams oh one note from the previous episode with london it's a really bad pun she has something that's in the shape of an eye on her backpack and I think that's a really bad pun for somebody named London, because there's, there's, there is the London eye on her backpack. Oh, oh that's, that's, that's like a dad joke. Yeah. It's like, why does she have an eye on her backpack? Is, was that intentional for London, or is that just purely coincidental, and she did not think that somebody one day online would make that, would, would, would point that out to the rest of the listeners well, uh, on this podcast? She's either very clever, or... Totally clueless, like a lot of Americans are, about what is in the world around them. Can we talk about how terrible the hashtags have been? Smelly Teddy Bear just says it right there. I don't think there's really no need for further discussion. We had hashtag well, biting the dust. We had a uh, hashtag testicle breakdown. We've had a... Uh, nut job. <sighs> Jesus. Moving on. <laughs>
And also how terrible the episode titles have been. What was this one? This was like Broski? This one was Have Faith in Me Broski. Yeah. Next week's is literally Double U-Turn Ahead. That is a shit episode title. Because that could apply to the third episode. Or that one would have been Double Blind U-Turn Ahead. But I think the next one's also blind, isn't it? No, the next one's a, a normal one. Oh, okay. Because there was the, the spots of the little pictures. If the next one's a double U-turn, you've got to think there's got to be at least three U-turns in the season. Because they wouldn't burn them all by episode six, plus they, plus teams were talking... Actually, on air this, this episode, they mentioned teams talking about the unlimited U-turns again. The one bit of the this season on The Amazing Race, the bit that I watched properly, was that there is three U-turns. That has been confirmed. Could be four. Could be four. I wouldn't be surprised if they even uh, raise it up to four. No, it's three. They confirmed three. Okay. So yeah, teams must now fly to Alessand in Norway and drive to the Hosteinen Fear Lighthouse, where they'll have to eat a plate of fermented rockfish to get their next clue. Yum! How good is that? They love fermented fish on Amazing Race. It would have been good. He said it was creamy and salty, and I'm just like, oh my god, I need... I need some now. I need some sushi. Hammerots had a, a wonderful task in Sweden that involved Zerstrabung. Pardon? Did you just sneeze? Do you know what Zerstrabung is? No. It's like canned fermented herring. And it is, yeah. when you actually start opening the can, it sort of pops with a, a burst of water that stinks. It's one of the smelliest foods in the world. I'd give it a go. Look, I like, I've had, well, I grew up having like kippers English kippers and yellowfish and sardines and all sorts of smelly things and and even like really cheap caviar. So I don't think that stuff would affect me. So what we've learned this episode is that we need to get Michelle paired up with Shamir ASAP for any sort of race. (laughs) And also we need to get Michelle to eat Zerstrabung if it is actually allowed to be imported to Australia, which I doubt it is. And, and Shamir, if he was eating it, would be vomiting beside me, most likely. <laughs> I'm just vomiting. It's fine. It's fine. I can vomit. I can vomit all ten of these fish. It's, a, it's, it's okay. We can do this all day. <laughs> and it's Tara and Joey leaving at first at 3.16pm, with Becker and Floyd at 3.20, Liz and Michael at 4.04, Matt and Redmond at 4.09, London and Logan at 4.17, Bank and Ashton at 4.56, and Brooke and Scott at 5.33. But it doesn't matter because they're all on the same flight. But interestingly, we learned that the express pass has to be used by the end of leg five. And Redmond also says that he's glad he's in a team of dudes because dudes aren't emotional. Maybe he's not going to be as liked as you think he is, Michael. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he he does all this good work with helping Brooke out and making himself look like a nice person. And then he says that. Sorry, I put the flight thing in late. Sorry. I was looking up at the wrong part of my page. So yeah, as Michelle says, everyone is on the same flight. And then we learn very importantly that Norway is so pretty, which I can vouch for because I was there about two weeks before they were. Not in Alison, I was in Oslo, but Oslo is very pretty as well. And the bay is full of people paddleboarding in their backyard canals. Oh God, here we go. Well, Logan, Logan Bauer did say he was in the bowels of Norway when he was driving through that tunnel. Genuinely, as the ship was pulling out of Oslo, Michelle, I took a picture and tagged it with Logan because someone was paddleboarding. <laughs> and I, I was stood on deck giggling my little socks off and uh, had to explain to my parents why I was giggling. <laughs> and Tara also loves tunnels. Perhaps she would join uh, Timon from Lion King and all the rest of the meerkats and she can dig, 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 dig a tunnel. 
Have you seen Lion King two and a half, Michael? I have one and a half. One and a half. Lion King one and one and a half is the dig 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 a tunnel song, I believe. Because there is only one Lion King film, Logan. Everything else is non-canon. And Liz and Michael are apparently lost, despite the fact they're going in the correct direction. This is the start of their semi-downfall. They don't. You know what I've re- come to realize with Liz and Michael is that they do not do well with self-drive legs. If this was season twenty-seven. They would have won all five legs. They really aren't very comfortable with self-driving legs and where they've got to do directions for their sins. And we also get Ashton urging Vank to run. Apparently Vank is not a runner. He doesn't look like a runner. <laughs> See, my, my alternative robot hint for leg four was who is a smasher, because I couldn't resist. You know what was great with the fish-eating task is when uh, Brooke has to try to eat the fish, and she's like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and she sits down and does this yoga pose where she has her arms to lock together up in the air while sitting down. I just found that hilarious. I can't breathe! I can't breathe! <laughs> Brooke is the donkey of the show. And at the pit stop in the morning, I'm making waffles! I'm trying so hard not to say anything. Say what you want, Michelle, I'll cut it out if it's offensive. No, I'm never offensive. Mm. You keep everything mm. I say in. <laughs> I don't keep anything offensive you say in, if you tell me <laughs> Genuinely. Oh, God. I know you told Ant not to, to trust me with that sort of stuff, but I genuinely don't. <laughs> I don't trust you. Are you kidding me? Why? I'm, I'm okay. lovely. Okay. Brooke's sitting on the ground, can't breathe, can't eat. You can. You can eat when you can't breathe. You can. You can do it. Look, I was I was so thirsty on a race, I could hardly breathe. I was still running while drinking. I started to feel violently ill. I didn't know you're not supposed to drink while you're running. So anyway, after 30 seconds, I say, I feel really sick. I feel really sick. I vomited on the side of the road. My partner said, are you okay? I said, yep, let's keep running. And so I just kept running after vomiting. Just, you just keep going. You don't stop. You breathe your What if Scott was... What if Scott there was was there to give you a pep talk as you were vomiting and then kept running? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Depends if he's telling me to calm down. <laughs> Another alternate uh, episode title, Vom and Go. <laughs> I can still see myself doing that. It was the most bizarre thing. Did you know that there was a second express pass on the season that's been hiding in Scott's pocket this whole time? Can you imagine? <laughs> where, where where did he get this express pass? He kept he kept saying he was going to use it, but he never used it. So one's teams down there, rockfish. They have to drive themselves to the village of Slinigan to find their next clue, or they have to take the first fast forward that's actually used in quite a few seasons, four for Amazing Race US, uh, which is take a helicopter ride into the unknown. Before we go on, does Mr. Finnegan live in Slinigan? Yes. Thank you. I was singing the song. Why on earth did they take the fast forward when they have an express pass? Why didn't they just do it anyway and let someone else have the fast forward? I don't I don't get it. Because they really wanted to win a leg. That didn't turn out very well. No, it didn't. But they get an incredible experience out of it. But I do wish one team, instead of Becca and Floyd, did the fast forward. And Brooke and Scott. No, 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 no. Well, that too, that too, that too. Okay, two teams. One is Brooke and Scott, 
And the other and the is other. Tara and Joey. The other is Tara and Joey because when they would open the clue, then I could have said, I could have done an impression of Joey and said that he, he would have told Tara to get to the chopper. Get down. <laughs> get down. <laughs> the correct answer to the question, which team should have done this fast forward, is 100% Brooke and Scott. For many. No, no. Imagine if he did it. No, Brooke and Scott are even better. Because you have to remember, Scotty's deathly afraid of heights. Yes, he kind of said he got over it with this episode, but I don't think he has. But yeah, we have Scott doing that. Then also we have Brooke doing it. And Brooke doing it would be very entertaining. For Scott, conquering a fear of 100 feet is different when you add two more zeros onto the end of that number. Yeah, bear in mind that I'm pretty sure that Scott ends up doing a bungee jump. Oh, you can't. You can't do a bungee jump. That's like a nightmare. I'm pretty sure he does. Oh, God. Why were so many people wearing shorts as well? I bet it was freezing. Yeah. And, and you know, them, them jumping out of the plane and she didn't have, was it him? One of them didn't have any sleeves on at all. And the, the fish guy had a huge, like, turtleneck jumper on. And I'm thinking, they're going up into, what, 10,000 feet? Are they going to freeze up there? Well, I looked at the weather for Alison uh, yesterday, and it was three degrees and snowing. This was filmed last summer, wasn't it? Yeah, it was June. It was about a week or two after I was in Oslo. Or perhaps, perhaps um, teams were not allowed to change um, on the flight from Z- from Dar es Salaam to Norway. Well, they, they changed planes in Amsterdam. But perhaps they were not allowed to change their clothes. That was part of, that was like the additional information. It's not hammer-ons. <laughs> Can you imagine Shamir having to wear that harness for the fast forward? <laughs> That's what that I thought. Really that task really, really would have busted his balls. He would have busted his I balls w- trying to complete that task. I wanted to see another harness on Shamir. What could he? What could he have done at ten thousand feet, though, as he's parachuting down? Scream I just imagine all the way down. I imagine like <laughs> would, it, would they have just exploded or something, and then the camera catches it. <laughs> Shamir's like, ah, ah. my it's balls fine. have evaporated. <laughs> it's fine. My balls just bursted. It's fine. It's cool. We can do this all day. I'm okay. Nothing. Nothing against Sarah. Uh, so London and Logan leave the lighthouse in fourth with Matt and Redmond in fifth and Tara and Joey in sixth and then Brooke and Scott argue over speed limits yeah Scott loses Vank and Ashton on the road because Vank and Ashton had the map and then I love how they cut to the confessional of them arguing like they they go very passive aggressively at each other all episode in confessionals and I love that uh, Brooke has that really, when she's really angry, she has she curls her lip in that specific way. <laughs> Spoilers, I'm heavily leaning towards Scott's stink face being the banner for this week. I have a couple of ideas for a, for a banner that I had written down somewhere. Oh, Brooke, when Brooke, at the, when she's eating the fish and does her yoga pose, that's a pretty good one, too. Yeah, the the stink face made me laugh. It, it's my personal preference, but I've not tried to make up the banner yet, so... I'm open to to a difference of opinion. Uh, And Liz and Michael do end up leaving last. And then once teams get to Slinigan, it's a roadblock, which is who wants to help break a world record. In this roadblock, one team member must climb a 13-story stack of pallets, nail one down, and then climb down to get their next clue. 
and we missed out on Shamir doing this task as well because he would have still had to wear a harness. Oh, and and yeah. they had to use and they had to collect wood to put on top of the um, on top of the structure, which is exactly what I wanted Shamir to do as a task uh, two episodes ago. So that's why the the last round really should have been a non-elimination. And it is Matt, Joey, Ashton, Scott, London, and Liz doing this robot. And someone lied on their bio. Because Joey says that he's afraid of heights, but actually in his bio, he said he was afraid of spacewalking. What a liar! Why would he, why would he lie, lie to the public? Joey, you are such a liar. Did you notice when, right before the fast forward, just how much Becca's eyes lit up when she saw the rainbow? Yeah. That was, yeah. I found that amusing. As much as I would have loved Brooke and Scott, I think that, that Becca and Floyd getting it was, was a good option as well. And Floyd does his typical Floyd face, which is, and he was just permanently stuck in that same expression for the entire helicopter ride and the entire uh, skydiving uh, from 10,000 feet down to the ground. In fact, he may still have that same expression on his face to this day. <laughs> Would you guys have done the, the fast forward? Climbing the 13 if I was stories? In no, the fast forward. Oh, no. No, I wouldn't. Oh, God. Look, yeah, if I could get there, it's a race. Yeah, I would have. I'm with the tandem. I can hang on to them and scream. Interestingly, this is the first fast forward ever where there's been one station. What do you mean? There was only one helicopter. Usually, fast forwards are set up so many teams can do it. Yes, yeah. Even if they're in like a queue or whatever. Whereas literally one team could go for this fast forward. I think we attribute that to budget cut. But it would have been hilarious if two choppers were able to go up and, you know, a second or a third team skydived as well, only to find out the fast forward was taken. I agree that it probably was budget cuts. But also, I'm not opposed to this. Because if we get fast forwards back in exchange for it only being one or two stations, then I'd rather we have fast forwards. Because that is a good strategic decision from the production team rather than, you know, the double express pass. So, yeah, professional snowboarders don't think, apparently, which I could have told you. Well, it was 4.20 when the episode aired, so who knows how fried uh, Matt's brain was uh, during this task. It would have been, if it was about as fried as the Woodstack one week later, which is the most unusual flash-forward I have ever seen in the history of all 60 seasons or however much it's been in Amazing Race international history. We get a flash-forward. A flash-forward. <laughs> I'm glad. This is number 70. 70, yeah. I don't think in any of the other 69 seasons that they flash forward at all to some random historical event in the community. <laughs> I was going to Google it after the show finished, actually, to watch a bonfire. Watch it burn. Yeah. Michelle loves watching things burn. <laughs> That's it. I love that challenge. I would have done that so excitedly. It looked fantastic. It would have been funny if it was like a game of Jenga and somebody accidentally held onto the wrong piece of wood and then just all came tumbling down on them. I have to admit that I was hoping and praying that someone would accidentally knock the stack over. Thank damn it! <laughs> Mainly because, imagine if the first team to do it had knocked the stack over. How would they have done the rest of the roadblock? Well, it's a lot shorter of a climb for Scott. <laughs> Scott just has to sort of crawl over to what used to be the top. Scott, it's what? only twenty feet now. Why are you still? Why are you still scared? Why on earth did Brooke say to Scott, "You good with heights?" 
Like, she knows he isn't. Why didn't she do it? Well, Scott did the last tights roadblock because Brooke was injured. Brooke is but there's probably, nothing wrong with her this time. Brooke is probably still a little bit sore. And also, if Scott said after the last one, I think I've got over my fear of heights, and they want to try and do it as quickly as possible, maybe mm. it's a good idea for her to get him to do it. I certainly don't think it's a terrible choice for them to get Scott to do it. Especially as they are now balanced in robots again. Well, he seemed to be totally fine with it. I mean, the edit shows him making a scared face, but yeah, that's um, easily put in there. Ask him before he has to uh, to do the bungee jump. Oh, my notes for London and Logan are so few in this episode that the only notes I had for London in this whole task is that London woos again, just like she did the previous episode, where she just where she has this tendency to just, to just randomly cheer for Woo! no reason. Woo! Yeah. She's the Ric Flair of the Amazing Race. And Matt and Redmond do leave in first because Matt is basically Spider-Man. They don't really leave in first because we have another sign of the budget cut because it's an instant detour. It is, and it's trolls or troll. It's really confusing for it to be trolls or troll if you're trying to talk about it online. And oddly enough, you think with a task that's trolls or troll, that that means everywhere in Alisund they would all be uh, people from the official Facebook page for The Amazing Race who would just be all littered throughout town for this detour. But no, instead it's just the detour, which is trolls or troll. And in trolls, teams must use a map to find six people dressed as trolls around the village. When they recite a poem to those people, they get to give it a rocket. When they return with all six rockets, they receive their next clue. And that is maybe the weirdest ever detour description I've had to read out. Yeah. I wrote that down too, that it was the weirdest detour and especially that one random troll who had who had googly eyes for Phil. Like she just could not keep her eyes off of him. And in troll, teams must kayak through a canal and search for fishing lines to find a lure with their next clue on it. And we find out that at the roadblock, Becca would have been bummed that she missed this. Whereas actually I think she was probably quite happy to skydive instead. Skydiving or another routine climb up a up a structure? Yeah, I think she'd prefer skydiving. And um, I get the sense that these teams are becoming quite friendly now, given that we hear Mike shout, Joey did it, and he's like 110. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> when Mike is cheering Liz on and he's saying, Liz, you're an animal, you're an animal, Liz. And, we're, and I'm thinking, what animal is Liz? Is she going to be a lion, a fierce tiger? And then about a minute later, Michael says, you're a sewer rat. If I'm going to be praised as an animal for a task, I don't want to be compared to a sewer rat. I may as well be compared to that fermented fish we just ate. What animal would you want to be compared to? I don't know, a lion or the gorilla or a cheetah. So unflattering. Yeah, a sewer rat. Like, that's, a, some, that's an animal that just gnaws on stuff in the corner, like, nya, 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 nya. Michelle, what animal would you compare Logan to? Oh, gee, <laughs> Wolf. A wolf. That, that's reserved for Leon Hiller. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking of, actually, I was just looking, thinking of Logan's um, face and all the hair, and I just thought of a wolf. You're saying he's very vulpine. <laughs> you don't put words in my mouth. Well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> and uh, Tara and Joey uh, do leave in second and then Vagkin Ashton leave in third 
but forget their pack. London and Logan finishing fourth. Brooke and Scott finishing fifth. Brooke did Scott a favor, by the way, uh, by making him do both of the height-related tasks. Thanks, Brooke. Stink face. And is it um, Brooke who shouts, less talky, more climbing? Yep, that's Brooke who said it. <laughs> and then he gets back down and he and Scott is saying, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I did something like that. Okay, okay, we'll revel in the car. Oh dear gosh, she's gonna just... Oh dear, she's gonna get it. And then Scott says, should we use our express pass on the next task? I will murder you. (laughs) Right, I'm saying this now. Brooke is the best casting in years. Individually, Brooke is one of the best casting choices for a long while. Because the fact that she just, she obviously knows that Scott is joking about the Express Pass, but she's still, but her first response is still, I will murder you. (laughs) It just made me laugh so much. And of course, Matt and Redmond do decide to do the kayaking, given their rowing proficiency that we saw in the first episode. And Michael later on wanted to do kayaking as well. I'm thinking... You guys remember how things went for you on the in the first episode when you when you were paddling backwards and needed to needed all three attempts to beat the professional rowers. Yeah, I can kayak. And Becca says that she's never been skydiving and was waiting for Amazing Race to pay for it. She's very presumptuous, Becca. It's hmm. like uh, Gino and Jesse wanting uh, uh, wa- wanting producers to pay for them to travel all throughout Canada. Yeah, that went well for them. It went well for them, but it did not go well for the viewers at home. Hey, they won 10 business class flights to anywhere Air Canada flies and chose Halifax and Toronto and Vancouver and Winnipeg. And Flin Flon. Yep. Yes, there is a town in Canada called Flin Flon. Why am I not surprised? Well, we have Wagga Wagga. <laughs> oh, like Pac-Man? There's a Pac-Man town? Wagga 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 <laughs> That's so good. Do that again. <laughs> Me? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know which one that. of you was doing this, the Pac-Man sounds. Yeah, well, it wasn't me. That's so good. And once teams find, let's be honest, once teams find the tag in the kayaking, uh, they find out they have to head to Mount Axler. The pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in may be eliminated. Two questions. No. The the red kayak guy, why? Probably safety. But if someone falls in, he's not going to put him on his kayak. There's only one spot. No, but despite the fact that it's summer, the water temperature is probably going to be a bit cold. Okay. Second question. What was wrong with Tara? Tara. Tara. They find a clue, but she's not happy with finding a clue. She finds a second clue, not happy with finding the second clue, still has to ask about the damn clue. What the hell? She has to ask ask Axla about the clue. (laughs) Don't get it. They could have comfortably won that leg. Yes. As it happens, because it's a keep on racing leg, everyone's going to be on the same flight swiftly, let's be honest. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it was because it was an atypical clue. And I got the sense pre-season that Tara, Tara Roth, maybe hasn't seen that much of The Amazing Race, so she's probably just expecting it to be a normal clue that you find. Congratulations, you have found the clue. And Liz and Michael fight over directions, but Michael ends up apologising. 
The first of many apologies until he stops apologizing, just gives up on apologies by the end of the episode. But yeah, it's funny because they are at the kayak task first, and he, and he says, "Well, we should just we should just get in the kayaks, and because we're already here, we did such a gr- we did so great last time with it." And then they 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 don't do that. They go over to the other detour, and knowing their history with self driving, Michael doesn't do much too much better uh, with the uh, navigating the map. <laughs> This map is magic? Is this ma- map magic, Liz? Do, do, do you see where rats always know where north is? I don't think so. <laughs> it's not this way, and it's not that way. Never eat shredded wheat. Come on, north, east, southwest. I think we found Logan's uh, newest impression, and it's slightly less terrible than the Joey Terminator impression. <laughs> <laughs> and we also get the sense that Brooke maybe doesn't like Ashton. <laughs> Possibly doesn't like Ashton. I don't think she could have made her hatred for Ashton any clearer. She called her what's her face <laughs> intentionally. She knew that Ashton is their name. She still referred to her as what's her face. It made me laugh that all the hate that Brooke has been getting is literally verbatim what she said about Ashton. She's like, she's so annoying. She's so highly strong. <laughs> she's so negative. Who would want to race with somebody like that, Scott? Can you think of anybody? Scott Stinkface. <laughs> and Beckett and Floyd get dropped back at the lighthouse, and Tara and Joey leave Troll in first, with Matt and Redmond in second. And then Tara and Joey, for some reason, help Matt and Redmond. They help each other because Tara and Joey knew precisely what to do with their clue. Matt and Redmond had to tell them. So it was a team effort. It's where, in exchange of information between the two, teams is mutually beneficial. And the Rockets don't all fit in Van Ashton's car, because Van Ashton are the only team to actually decide to drive around during the Trolls detour. Do you, can you imagine how packed that car would have been with the two extra crew members <laughs> and trying to stuff six Rockets <laughs> into that car? Four. They'd already delivered two. I think it's just four. I forgot about the cameraman and the sound man. Oh, my God. It would have been stabbing them in the back of the neck. <laughs> to be fair to them, it didn't say in the clue that they couldn't take the car. Logic would dictate that you don't take the car because that's stupid. But it didn't say they couldn't. As teams are outrunning them on the streets with the rockets. That's what got to me the most. What, what somebody, what, if it was a true trolling detour... One of the trolls would have lit the rockets, and then Bank and Ashton, at least, would have been able to pass by the other teams running on the street. They would have been at the pit stop in no time. They would have had rocket power, rocket fuel. But appropriately, Vank does troll the rest of the teams as they drive past, and then have to parallel park and everyone overtakes them. <laughs> it was like instant karmic comedy, that. You know who would have been great at parallel parking? Michael. Michael would have been great at parallel parking uh, in the episode. I only caused a little bit of a dent, Liz. I don't think we have to wait for the guy in the van. I would have done a better job parallel parking if I knew which way was north. (laughs) And London and Logan leave Trolls in fourth with Brooke and Scott in fifth and Liz and Michael in last. I love how London and Logan attach themselves to the team that was getting all the airtime in both episodes. And they still get no confessionals out of it. And appropriately, did you see how many uh, steps they had to climb to get up Mount Axler? Yes. On an episode of uh, on 420, they had to climb 420 steps. Oh, God. You're obsessed. That's the actual answer. 
It was 420 on 420. Yeah, I knew it was 400 and something. That was the one joke that I was actually going to make about it being April 20th. And there will be the biggest blunt in, uh, in the world waiting for Matt when he gets to the top. Psych, keep on racing. <laughs> Why did they all walk up there? Why wouldn't they drive? Because by the look of things, the, the road was quite windy. So, so it, was, it was actually quicker to run. No, it would never have been quicker to run than to drive up there. It's what the locals told Liz and Michael, and they said, no, no, they were they're very insistent upon it that it was going to be faster to run up there than it was to drive all the way around. I'm sure the steps must have been, they must have been on the right side of the mountain where the steps are facing them, so you just have to go up the steps while the parking to get up the really windy road was probably wrapped all the way around and would have been much more indirect. And as we saw with Liz and Michael, even driving in their car, they weren't able to uh, catch up to the other teams despite finishing the detour at roughly the same time. But Becker and Floyd drove up there, didn't they? Yeah, but Becker and Floyd also weren't in the town at the time. They were dropped back at the lighthouse after the fast forward and where their car was anyway, because they'd driven there. As it happens for them, it might not have been a terrible idea to drive up there because it was a keep on racing leg. That's what I've got written down here. I've got written down... Now they're all running up there. The cars are down in the town. Are they going to go back down to get their cars before to, for the next leg? I'm not thinking production's going to go down and get them. No, they'll be driving to the airport. Mm. Uh, and Becker and Floyd think they're first, and they've done it without an express bus. Guys, I hate to break it to you, but... <laughs> I believe Becca said that she refused to... That she's like... She said... Uh, I do not believe anyone boomed through this leg. And sure enough, two teams did boom through this leg, including Redman, who had to run up all 420 steps. Steps are his enemy, as he said. But first is Tara and Joey again. Back-to-back. The second back-to-back already for this season. Yeah, only three leg winners so far in five legs, and one of those has already got eliminated. Crazy. And, uh, oh, my favorite part about Brooke and Scott doing the detour is the way they recited the incantation at each door. It was so childlike, like they were, I don't know, playing some sort of Halloween game. I I wish the soundtrack to the TV show Charmed played in the background as they recited the incantation each time, because it totally reminded me if uh, Phoebe, Piper, and uh, Peru were trying to like ward off the evil demons with the way that they recite the spells in unison on Charmed. Did not expect we'd get a Charmed reference today. Now I'm you singing didn't. the theme song in my brain. There's no lyrics to the theme song. No, How can you but be I'm singing it. Humming I'm the tune. Humming it, the tune. Mm, you know that start. Yeah. And Matt and Redmond are second, and Becker and Floyd. What coming in third? They're not bummed though. They're not bummed. And then we see Mike hit a car, but the guy forgives him pretty quickly. It's just a scratch. And then Frank and Ashton checking in fourth. London and Logan checking in fifth, and Brooke and Scott checking in sixth. There's more drama between them even before they got to the pit stop, though. Like, when when, uh, Brooke and Scott are carrying around the rockets, Brooke says, Oh, I can only carry one, though. And Scott says, I know you can only carry one. (laughs) 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 Or Brooke, when Brooke's carrying her one rocket, she said, Oh, my my shoulder really hurts, but, but I can't complain about it. Brooke, you just complained about it. And uh, Brooke does have one of the lines of the episode for me when they check in and she goes, oh, that's good. Or when they're running up, Brooke says, I'm not going to be able to make it up these steps. And Scott says, 
It's a pit stop. Of course you're going to make it. I don't know. I don't know if, don't know if we can make it. We'll do a slow jog. There'll be, there'll be no cramps. There'll be no cramps, Brooke. That hill would have killed me. I, I would have died on that hill. I run hills. I know you do. Bitch Logan runs hills. <laughs> and that leaves Liz and Michael to stumble their way to the pit stop in last place. But it's a keep on racing leg. But will they keep on racing? I mean, she said, this is it. It's done. It's over. What? That's what? it. They're, what they're the just going to quit. They're, they're just going to quit right there. Yeah. What is wrong? What is wrong with you? Why would you quit? It's a million dollars. Yeah, because we've never seen that cliffhanger on every keep on racing leg recently, ever. You know, it would have been great because with Liz and Michael, there's a whole lead up to this trying to get to the pit stop where they, where, where Michael says, I'm not, I'm not going to run up those steps. We're going to keep driving. And there's, there's got to be an elevator, Liz. There's, there's got to be an elevator that takes us up to the top. There's got to be an elevator. How? Through the middle of the friggin' mountain? Seriously. Maybe it's funicular. Maybe there's a funicular somewhere. I don't know. But I'm sure there's got to be something. I'm sure this elevator is magic and can go through the soil and the earth and make us reach to the very top and have us right beside the children playing the violins and Phil Kogan. And Willy Wonka. It's a Willy Wonka sideways It's a Wonka elevator. Liz, Liz, I know if, you're, if your map is magic, then this elevator is magic. It can go slantways and sideways and all the other ways you could think of. All we have to do is press the red button. <laughs> As it happens, I think Oslo is actually, I think it's Oslo that's getting a cable car up the mountains. Allison will be next and Michael will be so jealous. So jealous. It would have been great if after the if Michael did do the steps running up there though, and he starts climbing up, and it's just this whole mirage. And then once he gets to the very top, it's not Phil Kogan, but instead it just morphs into an RC cola machine. Like straight, it's straight out of the whole Family Guy uh, mirage episode when they run across the desert. And next time, teams head to Lake Como, Italy, and there is another double U turn and more climbing just for Becca. Is it named after Perry Como? Is there going to be a Como house? There is. And next week, there is a mean old man leaving our lives. Survivor Amazon reference. I just think that Liz and Michael are going to quit at the pit stop right there. Because there's no arguing between them. Michael Michael says there's no use arguing with Liz. You don't argue with sewer rats. Well, if Survivor taught us anything, snakes are the ones that eat rats. So who's going to be the snakes that eat Mike and Liz? Yeah, I've never heard anybody. I've never heard anybody compare Mike to a snake. So, uh, in fact, he's a smelly teddy bear. Liz is a sewer rat, and Mike is a smelly <laughs> teddy bear. What a great combination to run together. Um, <laughs> but that whole exchange at the pit stop is hilarious. Where. Liz said, Mike is a rock of negativity, and then Mike pipes in saying, well, it goes both ways, Liz. And then Liz says, I haven't done anything. Oh, well, there's no sense arguing, because you've been right about everything all day. I can't argue with this woman. She's always right, and for some reason, that's a bad thing for our team when we have one teammate who is a genius at everything. So who do you think is going to get eliminated next week? If Liz and Michael don't quit at the pit stop, you assume? Yeah, assuming Liz and Mike don't quit. Uh, I mean, if London and Logan last any longer, then they're going to be the next. They're, they're, go, they're trying to break Jeremy and Sandy's invisibility record. So I would think that London and Logan have to go next round. Plus, they haven't exactly had the best track record so far. In fact, this past round has been their best performance thus far because 
even though they finished fifth place as well in in the first part of this double episode, they would have been seventh if not for the mass equalizer. Yeah. So I think I think they've got to be going home soon because we know absolutely nothing about them other than London failing at the weaving task. And who who do you think is going to get U-turned? Uh, Vank and Ashton, I assume, are going to get U-turned, and mm. because it's because there's already Matt and Redman on our case. Clearly, Brooke is on her case, and perhaps Tara and Joey are the other team that gets U-turned. Well, it, it looked like from the preview that Tara and Joey uh, are the first ones to get there, or the ones who use it first, at least. Okay. Oh, right, right, they're there first. They're like, so I pretty much picked the one team that we already know 100% is not get U-turned. So let me... Let yeah. me um, well, well done, Logan. Good, good observational skills. <laughs> Let's just say that Vank and Ashton get U-turned, and they say, well, who is behind us? We've beat London and Logan almost everywhere so far this season. Let's U-turn London and Logan as the backup. And that's how London and Logan go home without anybody noticing all season long. And there's one other note. Oh, yes, Liz and Michael, after five rounds, have the strangest placement, I think, of almost any season, because they've already checked into the pit stop in last place twice, and they've all, they've been saved once because of a very unusual penalty assigned to a team, and this time because it was a non-elimination leg. And they've also won two of the other three legs. So they've got to be the streakiest team uh, in, Amazing Race, in Amazing Race history. And they podiumed on the other leg. Yeah. I can't think of another team who's already... F- who who won twice and got last twice in the first yeah. five rounds? Oh, the, oh, there was one other funny part near the end of the episode when they're trying to build up suspense as to who's going to be in last. I've never seen editors do this before, but they cut back between the frantic running of Brooke and Scott in London and Logan, and then they cut back to uh, to uh, Mike and Liz in the elevator with the elevator music playing in there. <laughs> that cracked me up. I noticed that too. Oh yeah, I, I remember what I was going to say. Um, do you think it's weird that they did a sneaky keep on racing leg? Because keep on racing legs, they always announce it with every team, basically, so we can see their reactions. Whereas this time, they didn't. The sneaky ones only ha- have only happened at the final four in uh, what was it? The final four for season twenty five and twenty six. It was a sneaky keep on racing leg, I believe. Yeah. And then Amazing Race Canada did that with. Uh, their uh, Quebec leg. That one was the sneaky one. The Ilde de Madeleine! <laughs> are, they, are they literally going to leave as soon as they arrive? Yeah. Right. I didn't know that. And for the record, everyone, this is a keep on racing leg, not a double end leg. Tara and Joey probably had an unaired prize like Seth and Olive did in the first episode, which was $5,000 between them. Tara and Joey probably had an unaired prize. This is not a double end leg because double end legs are legs when Phil says this leg is not over, not that yeah. you're still racing and the leg begins now like he did this week. So it's an, this isn't a keep racing leg, it's a non-elimination leg then. Well, no, it's a keep on racing leg because Phil said your next leg starts right now. But keep on racing legs don't generally have a prize. They do. They just tend to be on air prizes. Yeah, yeah. car and car and oh. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie and yes, Jamie and Cara, uh, they got an unaired prize. I think it was like, mo- I think it was motorcycles they got. Oh, okay. Jamie and Cara's leg win was actually the first part of a double end leg because Phil said the leg's not over yet. 
they won unaired prizes of jet skis. Oh. I, I believe Tyler and Corey won nothing for when they didn't they do a keep on racing leg in twenty eight. Yeah, it was in the Coca-Cola. Yes, they won nothing. Absolutely nothing. Stupid! You so stupid! But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tara and Joey won an unair prize of some description. Because it's already happened once this season. We won nada. But yeah, Seth and Olive did win $5,000 between them in the first leg. They just chose not to air it. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. So yeah, is there anything else to say about this pair of legs? No, <laughs> don't, don't. No. You're, setting me, you're setting me up, Michael. <laughs> I know what you want me to say. And I'm I'm not gonna talk about a pair of legs. I'm not I'm not <laughs> gonna do it. It's insensitive to one particular racer in this cast. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. You are so disappointing, Logan. So thank you for listening to this URT Number podcast. You can join us next weekend to recap episode number six. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Real TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or on Twitter pages, MJ Helms with me, Log Superquacky for Logan. And bear three 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 for Michelle. See you next week. Bye. Peace out and chill till the next episode.